Bokatov. Um, today is uh, the uh, 29th day of the Omer, and we're in Daf Ein Bet 72. We're all caught up, and um, we uh, pick up with. Um, uh, let's take a look. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do with um, um, Amar of Ika Bar Avin. Um, so the line starts with the word Ika. It's spelled Aleph Yud Kof Aleph. It's about 15 lines down in the wide lines. So let me just get everybody to where we're li- actually a little ahead. Let me just remind everybody where we left off. We just had a lot of Tudapim all discussing the issue of Yuchsin, and the Gemara sort of went back and forth on the one hand trying to identify which families were not Miyuchasot, which countries you could take for granted that somebody was Miyuchas Bavel as opposed to Chutzart you can't, as opposed to an Eretz Yisrael was some type of a middle state um, in terms of taking it for granted. Um, um, and then actually going and identifying who was Miyuchas to a very different type of an approach, which was saying, look, uh, nobody knows who anybody is. Once a family gets intermingled, it's intermingled. Don't ask, don't tell. We keep it all, whatever. We don't investigate. Uh, even when Eliyahu comes and he's going to straighten things out, he's really not going to, you know, he's not going to deal with any families that have already been absorbed, you know, into, uh, that have already been intermingled. Thank you. He's only going to, uh, you know, deal with families that we really do know um, are not Miyuchas, and somehow we just been tacitly accepting them. So that really sort of is like, switches it to stop paying attention to all this Yichus thing, we can't tell, we leave things be, and so on. Um, even within that, though, you would have expected, you know, that people that really have like a tradition of being miyuchas, an identity of being miyuchas, would have a higher status, you know, but even there, the Gemara sort of questioned it, um, and uh, and sort of said, how do you know even the people that believe they're miyuchas, if they're miyuchas, maybe we're all descendants from like Mamzei or all descendants from intermarriage and you know so really sort of cha- at a deep level challenging the concept of paying attention to Yuchsin and saying you know if you want to know Yuchsin you should look at somebody's character traits as char- now character traits as an index into Yichus like as a, as, a, as, an ide- as a way of marking or identifying somebody's Yichus but nevertheless if it all becomes char- about character traits even if you're in theory still paying attention to Yichus in the end what you wind up doing is paying attention to people's character traits and not to people's so, very different types of, uh, you know, directions here that the Gemara is going. The ethos of the Mishnah, and then the very sort of, you know, a, a little bit the Gemara works with that, but a very strong counter-push against that, um, um, given its sort of contemporary realities. Um, so, we pick up now with the Gemara on, uh, again, Ein Bedem and Aleph, and um, where were we? Amarav Ikabar Avin, Amarav Hananel, Amarav. Chalazon nihavat ni I can't even pronounce this word nihavnad harehi kigola liyuchsin. So this place called Chalazon nihavnad is like Gola, which is like you know Pumpadisa. It's like it's a very you know idea uh, um, uh, choice place for yuchsin. It's very good in terms of yuchsin. Said this in Iran. In Iran, okay. All right. I'm really, really that word Chalazon nihavnad. What? Okay. All right. Amalei Abaye, lo tetzitule. Don't listen to what Rabbi Yochanan just said. Um, uh, I'm sorry, what, uh, uh, Rav Chana, what who is it? Rav Ika said, Yevamahi dinafalei hasam. He had a uh, sister-in-law that he had to marry over there, so therefore he made this claim that actually it's a miyuchas place, but it's not really. And that picks up a theme we had yesterday where Rav Papa said that a certain place, which was considered to be very miyuchas, actually had Samaritans intermi- intermixed with it. And the Gemara said, yeah, that's just because 
they, he just sort of saying that bad stuff because he wanted to marry a woman from there and they wouldn't let him, which really sounded like he was like really like libeling or slandering a place as a type of a, you know, as a, re, you know, revenge or whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, Tosa says it didn't mean Papa did it, somebody else did it. Anyway, but now again, these are things that raise questions if you can trust claims about Yichus or not Yichus. Anyway, so rather, we, uh, before we had that you can't trust the claim that the certain place was not Miyuchas. Maybe he's just, it's, it's slander. You know, and here you can't trust the place that it is Miyuchas. Somebody's trying to just build it up. So everything is just raising more and more questions about trusting any claims about Yichus. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, what? It's an entire place. place. Yeah. Um, I guess so. You know, it's true. I mean, if you think about Yichus, right, about like, uh, like a particular family, but if you think about Yichus as about being like no psulim intermingled with it, so a place could be very mocked on all of its marriages to know who's marrying whom. Like today, you know, Chicago has a 30% rate of intermarriage. Right. I guess, right. These are like so much smaller than Chicago. These are like, you know. Right, these are towns mostly. But yeah, but I mean, you're right. If Miyuchas means like comes from a very, a particular family of high class, then it wouldn't be relevant. But if it just means that you don't have to be concerned about like Mamzerim and Psulim and whatever, then a certain town could be like just very mocked on, um, you know, it doesn't mean that nobody committed adultery without somebody knowing about it, but to the best of its ability, you know, it was like, it was really very good in terms of the record keeping and identifying. But yeah. Maybe. Right. I mean, it also gets to this question of like, first, you know, Ezra had to come and take all the psulim out, but that doesn't mean that new psulim don't get created <laughs> in the next generation. Okay, listening from Chicago, I just made that number up, by the way. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay, so the guard says like this. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, so he said back, so this, uh, you know, Rav Ika said, what, you think I'm making it that up? Because Rav, Rav Ika said in the name of Rav Hanano. So he said, so he said, what, you're saying I'm making it up because I had to marry my sister-in-law there? To Rav Hanano, he, I said in the name of Rav Hanano. Rav Hanano didn't have any woman he had to marry there. He was not a Nogea Bedava. Other Shailu le Rav Hanano. So they said, Rav Hanano, what's the story about this place? Chalazoni Havnad. Amalu hachi amarav chalazoni, amarav, this is what Rav says, chalazoni Havnad, all right, he could go to Yuchsin. So basically, Rav Hanano said, don't blame me. I'm saying it in the name of Rav Hananel. And Rav, that's what Rav said. And Rav Hananel said, oh yeah, that's what Rav said. So in the end, it turned out that it really was Rav who had made the claim and not in the name of Rav Hananel. And therefore, the question was, can you trust the claim? Because Rav was an Ogea B'davar because he had a sister-in-law he had to marry there. Okay? So everybody get what happened? Rav said, go ask Rav Hananel. Rav Hananel said, yeah, go ask Rav. All right. Rav This argues in Rav Avar Nahar goes on. So um, this is, I think, uh, this is about the ten tribes when they were sent into exile by Sancherev. Okay, um, so and he he settled them in these places. Chalach zo chalazon, chavur zo hadayav. Nahar gozo gozem ze ginzak. Arei madai ze chemdan ve chavrotah chemdan and it's you know, neighboring cities. Okay, so that's again, one is Chalazon and one is Nahavnid. Before we had a place that was called Chalazon Nahavnid. Anyway, but the point is, if that's where the ten tribes are, have been placed, so it's not Miuchas, right? You have, because uh, all the whole point about that ten tribes is that they intermingled with the uh, people and they lost their identity and so on. So, according to this, clearly that place is not, you know, cannot trust the Yuchas of that place. In terms of pronunciation, it seems like this is an early use of the double love for W. 
So how could that be that Moshchani is problematic for Yochsin? It's like Goa, which again we said is, is a good thing. So the Gemara says, um, They're different places. All right, fine. Moving on. So this is a vision that Daniel had, and there were three leaves in its mouth. Oh, they, that, that last one about sometimes... Swallows sometimes. These were apparently in the border between the Persian. Wait, we haven't read that line yet. Kept getting, uh, okay, you're, re- you're one line ahead of us. Okay. The three, three leaves were in its mouth of this uh, beast. So the idea in its mouth means that it's already you know past the teeth, and in its teeth means it's half in and half out. So those are the three places we just mentioned. Sometimes they're swallowed up. By um, I think who is this Persia or something? Um, uh, whoever this is, that is the, the, whichever uh, whichever country is being is is being described here. What is what is it say? What are we saying there, Charlie? Yeah, who is it? Persia. Yeah. Okay. So see, sometimes these cities are within the Persian Empire, and sometimes they're outside. So sometimes they're between the teeth, and sometimes they're swallowed up. Which are the countries that were right there on the border of uh, like Russia and whatever that kept on moving back and forth? What? Yeah, all the stands, right? Sometimes they're in and out or whatever, right? Anyway, so that's it. These countries were so, like something goes from between the teeth to in the mouth. Okay, now we're de- dealing with these visions from Daniel. Okay, so now we're going to have this famous one. Then I saw like another beast. Daniel the dove looked like a bear. Tani um, Yosef. These are the Persians. They eat and they drink like bears. And they're like, uh, uh, like uh, you know, uh, fat and layered, like with, uh, you know, with their flesh like a bear. And they're as hairy as a bear. They never rest. They're always like, Rashi says, if you try to, uh, to rope, you know, to tie a bear down to a rope, it'll always be like, you know, going around in circles and never settle down. Now, what's his name? Yaakov Alman, I meant to look this up, but he talks about this passage a lot because apparently this was the what the Persians used this description uh, to describe the people that they uh, like were most uh, like you know were, they, were, were the ones that they were othering the people that they like you know this idea of hairy and fat and like a bear they use this pejorative against others so the Gemara is using this pejorative against them so I forget the specifics but Yaakov Elman makes the whole point about how this is like you know this is the Chazal just turning this pejorative exactly that the Persians used about others to say it's a true about the Persians um, what? All right. When Rabbi Ami would see a Persian, the Rachiv who was riding, Amar Hainu Duva Naida. Oh, look, there's a traveling bear. Okay, Amar Rav Levi. So Rav said to Levi, "Har any Persian, show me Persians." And what Rashi says is Levi would give would would give mushal. So he didn't mean literally show me Persians. He meant like, what would a per like you know give me a mushal for a Persian? What's a Persian like? So I'm they're like the troops of the uh, house of, of da- you know of, of the of, of King David. Wow. So that's a good thing, right? That seems like a very positive thing. Okay, Raji says it means that they're uh, you know valorous. 
Giborim. Ha'eni Chaverim. Show me the Chaverim. Now that's not done to be t- t- confused with the rabbinic Chaver. Chaverim was the name of a nation which actually um, the Gemara says, you know, sort of took over in some regions after the Persians and actually were very uh, um, oppressive of the Jews and did not let them freely practice their religion. So he says, Domi Lamalachi Chavala. They're like angels of destruction. Ha'eni Yishma'elim. Show me the uh, Ishmaelites. Domi Lisirim Shabbat Kisei. They are like the, not the goats, well, the goats, yes, but what it means is like the demons that, 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 right, of the bathroom, which is even presumably worse than angels of destruction. Okay. What are the Torah sages in Bavel like? Ah, they are like the heavenly angels. So what does this mean? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi quotes some other Gemaras about this. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Levi wasn't Babel, I believe. So, Domin Lamalachi Asharis, you look at Rashi, about six lines from the bottom. Levushim Levanim Vatufim Kamalachi Asharis, they would wear white and wrap themselves like in their talis, presumably like heavenly angels. And the provision in Yechezkel has these angels, right, dressed in these like linen white clothes. He would sit and wrap himself like in these uh, linen garments, you know, with feet and he would be like an angel okay when we say we're referring to Rabbanan they distinguish themselves in these very beautiful or maybe you know white clothing and so on okay back to the Gemara um, when Rebbe was dying Amar he said so he had this like uh, prophecy uh, he you know he, he was inspired with these prophetic words and here's what he said as he was dying there's a place in Babel called Humnaya it's all filled with people from Ammon you know Ammonites Ammonites anyway where so that where they got exiled to yeah so that's in terms of Yuchsin issues what? this is how he spends his last moments exactly well yeah, he wants to help people halachically with Yichus I know but that's the point these are all the it's like it's not all black and white you know this is Rebbe right Rebbe was from the Tanaitic period in Eretz Yisrael you know I mean these are like there are different uh, you know streams here you know there are different attitudes towards Yuchsin the dominant one that the, Gemara, the Bible is pushing is like don't let any of this stuff bother you right but it's not like it all goes away there right. the, you know, some things that reveal once in seven years ah so. <laughs> Something. Maybe this was his last time to bath it down and to reveal it. Okay. Um he um Mesagraya Ikabavel, there's a place called Mesagarya, Kula de Mamzerahi. It's all filled with Mamzerim. Notice he was also talking about 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 Bavel. Yeah. And the whole discussion before was people wanted to say Bavel was worse than Eretz Israel, and at least according to the way the Gemara said it, Rebbe oppo- was opposed to that, even though Rebbe was from, you know, was living in Eretz Israel because he descended from Hillel from Bavel. Mm-hmm. And here on his dying day, he's telling about all the problems that are in Bavel. Well, he's <laughs> <out> problems somewhere <laughs> else, I guess. What? <laughs> Better, easier to point out a problem. I know, but he was the one that said, "Don't that don't say that Bavel is lower than Eretz Israel for Yuchsin." Um, Birka Ika Bavel. There's a place called Birka. There are two brothers that swap their wives, so all those children are manzerim. Birasa desatya ikabavel. There's a place called Birasa desatya, which is like the the city that uh, strays. Hayom saru makom. Today they strayed from God. Which what does that mean? The axi peira bechivri b'shabsa that uh, that uh, fish floated in the uh, pond on Shabbos. Something happened, and all the fish 
you know, came up and were floating on top of the pond. And they went and they couldn't pass up all this good free fish. So they went and they, you know, pulled the fish in from the pond on Shabbos. Now, now, what good does that do anybody? The other stuff is that you leave us with lasting information about Yochved. What do we care that a whole city violated Shabbos? So, we, so they acted on it. Okay? So Rabbi Achim, Rabbi Yoshaya put them in Cherem because of what they did. But the Ishtamid, as a result, sometimes you have a little heavy hand and it's counterproductive. As a result, they all left, you know, Yiddishkeit. They all went, uh, they were Nishtamid, right? They sort of abandoned the religion. So, which is like an interesting question. What's the message about that? Like the Gemara is always putting people in Cherem and doesn't, you, normally without this type of a disastrous result, is the point that it's a whole city? Is the point that it's doing it based on some prophecy that Rebbe had that wasn't really true or that he didn't have direct knowledge of it? You know, and the Gemara never discusses what's the result of claiming that a whole city is filled of Mamzerim. Yeah. What are they going to do? You know, once you claim, you know, well, so like marrying each other's families. I suppose, but anyway, it's like really interesting that in like this one word, oh, okay, put them in Chaim, and they all, they all, they, they, yeah. you know, they all became Mishta, yeah. they, they all became Mishamadim. Okay, Akra de Agma Bavel. Back to Rebbe's uh, prophetic vision. There's this place called Akra de Agma in Bavel. Adabar Ava Yeshba. There's this person in it, Adabar Ava. Hayom, Hayom Yosheb Chikashal Avram. Today he, he he's in the the the, the breast of Avraham. What does that mean? So or in the lap of Avraham. So Rashi says it could mean that he died. He's up in heaven. But then they says that's not true because it's Ravachabar Ava. Ravachabar um, Ava is is much later than Rebbe. So it says well maybe it means today was his bris mila, and that's what he means. He's in the lap of Avraham. But even so, Rashi says he's still you know what we know of him was much later than Rebbe. So Rashi says well maybe he lived a really long time. But Tosu says well maybe there were two people with yeah. the same name. Okay. Anyway, then why is it important? anyway for Rebbe to be telling this to people on the day of his death like I have no idea now here it does become relevant today Rebbe Yehuda was born in Bavel when Rebbe Akiva died Rebbe was born when Rebbe died Rebbe Yehuda was born when Rebbe Yehuda died Rebbe was born when Rebbe died Rebbe was born by the way Rambam's gears about this was right so was it like, you know, was it like right before? So actually, so the transition was already in place before, what, before that person died. to teach you, that a righteous person does not pass until another righteous person is created to take his place. The sun shines and the sun sets. Before, so first it rises before it sets. Okay, so, like, you know, the next sort of savior, the next son, the next, you know, great person has risen before the other one set. Before Eli's son had set, Shmuel was already, you know, chosen and had begun already, um, you know, to begin his path to greatness. Before the light of God was uh, extinguished, Shmuel was lying in the base of Mikdash and he hears this voice calling to him and so on, and Eli was still around. Okay, now which explains why the Rambam's Girsa was before so-and-so died, so-and-so was already born. Because it's saying the next one, you know, was risen before one was set. But it's also interesting... Zarach. Right, there's a rock, I understand, but that's not our Girsa. Anyway, what's interesting, though, is the question about being a tzaddik. Is that what it is, about being a tzaddik? Like a tzaddik, you can be a tzaddik and not, you know, do anything for anybody else, right? I mean, the people here are talking about people that actually were like religious leaders, you know, or great rabbis, so... Right. Right. Of course. 
Of course, he was around before. Right. Sorry, on the day that you die, it's more of a you know, kind of esoteric. Yeah, exactly. Meaning, it's not really passing it down. It's just making sure that there's something left in the world. Right. I think it was just quoting the puzzle because to emphasize, like before, you know, God had made sure. But you're right. There, obviously, you know, Shmuel was Ali's Talmud. But um, but right, exactly. Well, but okay, but it was before. Yeah. But again, the funny thing is that it's my, the, the, what I'm pointing out is the choice of the word tzaddik because it's really about tzaddik. Or is it about like a religious leader? Like that's what we care about. We care that a generation shouldn't be left without the next religious leader, right? I mean, anyway, if somebody was just born, you're going to need a good 20 years or so. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do with that interim? All right. Anyway, so the says like this. Um, all right. Um, now, um, God commanded for Yaakov that he should always be surrounded by his oppressors. Rav Yehuda Mark, Yigon Homanaya Lefum Nahara. Like, um, Hamunaya, which surrounds Pum Nahara, which is a place where, you know, there are Jews, and it's surrounded by these, uh, anti Semites, basically. Um, so what it has to do with something is, good question. Um, let's see, this was Rebbe. What, what, what are we doing here? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, here, because the uh, first statement was that this Humanaya, Rebbe was talking about these different places. Oh, Hamanaya was one of the places. Ah, thank you, very good. Okay, thank you. Yep. Hamanaya was, who was in Hamanaya? The Ammonites. Right, 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 right. Rashi said that. So the Ammonites obviously were around the land of Israel, but even when they went to Bavel, they were surrounded by these Ammonites. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay, so this is Yechezkel. It was when I was prophesying that Papayel ben Benayo died, that Paul Apanai, I fell on my face for his akogadol, and I called it with a great voice. Omar, aha, Hashem alokim. Oh, you know, wha, uh, you know, oh, Lord God. Ravishmul. So the debate of Ravishmul, how to interpret this? Chadamar Lutova. That actually he was very pleased. The or you know, that, um, uh, no, I mean, actually, not pleased, that was wrong. That, 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 the, that the prophet was, was, uh, one minute. Right, he was, he was like bemoaning the fact that this good person died. The Chadamar Lira'ah, the other said that he was actually bemoaning the fact that this bad person died, so we'll see why. But the basic question is, was this person that he was crying out about, Papayal ben Benayahu, was he a good person or a bad person? So let's take a look, and we'll see how this connects to what we've been discussing. Mandamar Lutova, he was a good person. Kihad Istandara the Meishan, this, uh, whatever, this uh, governor of Meishan, right, Meishan was one of those places by Bavel that we actually said had bad yichus, just to connect it to that. Anyway, the governor of Meishan, Chasni de Nebuchadnezzar Hava. He was the son-in-law of Nebuchadnezzar. So Shalachle, so he sent to Nebuchadnezzar when Nebuchadnezzar came after destroying the base of Mikdash. And he sent to him, Mikulei Hai all of those uh, captives that, um, that, that you, like, you know, that you captured during the war against uh, the Jews, um, against, well, the Israel. Roshadartalan, the Kaila Kaman, you never sent us any for, you know, for us, you know. What? We want our yeah, we want our share. Send us some of those captives to serve us. Uh, we should do in Israel. So he wanted to send him some of the, uh, from Israel, you know, from the, uh, so Amalei Potaya ben Benayo, so Potaya ben Benayo said to Nebuchadnezzar, Anand chashvina neku mikamach. No, no, no. We, Israelites, you know, 
we are important. We should serve. We should be here with you, King Nebuchadnezzar. You know the great king. The Avdin, um, let our slaves, you know, uh, go there. Send, you know, send uh, send a lower class of people over there to that guy. The uh, Amar Navi, and the Navi said, Israel. So this person, you know, who Patayah Ben Benayahu, because he did a good thing, it was much better for them, presumably in Bavel, than it would have been in Meishan. Or Rashi just says that maybe Meishan, you know, what you want to be. You know, you don't want to be in a country that itself is subservient to another government. Like, that's like, you know, like they're even in a place of, like, lesser, uh, lesser status. So, you know, they leave us in the fact that he ensured that they would be left in Babel, which was a place of... Uh, was that because of better Yichos or not? I don't think it's Yichos. Oh. Right? He just says they shouldn't be Avadim Lavadim. You know, better be Avadim to Nebuchadnezzar than Avadim to somebody who himself is subservient to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, but anyway, I mean, look, the Jews had it good in Babel, you know, and presumably they wouldn't have had it as good in Nashon. So he says, this person, he did such a good thing. Yamut Yamav? Why did he die so early? And that's what he was bemoaning. Okay, Mandamar Lerav, the one that said that actually this Pataya ben Menayahu was, was bad, and the angel, again, Yechezko talking, brought me to the eastern gate of the house of God, that turns to the east. There were 25 people in the opening of the gate. So one of those people that he saw amongst this group was this Pataya ben Menayahu. Um, officers of the of the nation. Okay, so these were in a, in a prophetic vision, seeing them in the ba- in the gate of the base of Mikdash. And then it says, He brought me into the inner gate of the house of God. The opening of the of the sanctuary of God. Between the uh, you know uh, antechamber and the and the altar. Where these twenty five people, presumably the same twenty five people, their backs were towards yeah exactly their backs were towards the heichal upnehem kedma and the faces were towards the east right so the so you have here right this is the ulam right this is the heichal right this is the devir right that's the kodesh and the kodesh kadashim right okay anyway whatever right and then this is the azar and this is the courtyard. Okay, so anyway, so these people, here's the, here's the gate to the Ulam, you know, and this is east and this is west. So it says, you know, they were, their face, they were facing east and their backs were to the west. Okay, so it says, um, their faces were to the east. Okay, Achurehem of Hechal Hashem. Their backs were to the Hechal. Pnehem Kedma. Mazer Shenem of Pnehem Kedma. Their faces were to the east. Any other Achurehem Klapei Marav. I know that their backs were to the west. Now Talmud Loma Achurehem of Hechal Hashem. Their backs were to the Hechal. Malam Tzayu Mafrin Atzman that they would expose themselves. Umatrizin Atzman and and uh, you know and and and, and defecate Klapei Mala towards God as a way of sort of obviously you know as uh, defaming you know and the showing to uh, you know disgra- uh, disgracing the, the temple the common navi so 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 the navi who said mishasa rasos israel somebody did this evil of course he did this evil in this prophetic vision but maybe the vision was showing him something that they actually did somebody who did this who you know who profaned you know the temple yamuta um, mitato should die a pl- you know just a, a, pl- a death on his own bed should die you know I mean maybe he died y- it's a question whether this version also thinks he died young but just to say even if he died young he didn't die violently he died, he died peacefully right so that's what he was upset about how did he die how did he die with you know peacefully okay 
Now let's say it's Shmuel that says that this was a that it says the negative version of this. The Amar Rabbi Chiyav Aravin Amar Shmuel Moshchani. Now now you'll see why we brought it in. Moshchani Harei Kigolo Liyuchsin. So Moshchani is like Golo Liyuchsin. It's a good place for Yichus. Mishan Luchashula and and Mishan. Now it's, there's no concern. Lo Mishum Avdus Lo Mishum Amzeris. Okay, there's no concern that anybody living in Mishan is a mamzer or a slave. Ela Kohanim Shahayuba what you have to be concerned about is kahuna issues that they marry divorced women and therefore you have halalim so you have kahuna issues issues that affect koanim but don't affect other people if you remember before the Gemara said Meishan was what, what, what did the Gemara say Meishan was Meishan was sickly or something Meishan was death okay well I don't know Shmuel obviously doesn't think it's death if he basically says the only problem is halalim and kohanim now how is this relevant to us because remember the question was about that, that according to the, ver- the bad version, no, the good version, excuse me, uh, uh, the, the, the officer, the governor of Meshan wanted the Jewish uh, slaves, the Jewish captives, and this person, Benayahu, whatever his name was, Patayahu ben Benayahu prevented it from happening. So let's take a look. Um, um, oh, so anyway, so what does that show you? So that shows you the fact that he says that there was not really such a problem there. Let me just check Rashi. Um... Oh, right. Because according to the good version, the Jews weren't sent there. Who was sent there? Slaves. And Shmuel said that there's, you don't have to be concerned about slaves in Meishan. So you see, according to Shmuel, he does not hold of the good version. Because according to the good version, the slaves were sent and, and not the Jews. Uh, okay, so the, it sounds like he holds that actually there were Jews in Meishan and not slaves. So the Gemara says... Um, no, Shmuel has the good version. Slaves were sent there. And now, Michael, here it answers a question you asked yesterday. If the slaves were sent, then the masters basically gave up hope of ever getting them back. Their slaves were sent away to a different country. They were all taken captive, like they and their slaves. So once the masters gave up hope of ever getting them back, it's like they basically renounced ownership over them. And then they become free without even a writ of freedom without a writ of manumission. Any slave purchased by money, slave of a man, not slave of a woman, if the ish is there, if the master still is present, right, and still is, is, still, and still is exerting control over the slave, then he's a slave. Once the master loses any control, he doesn't own him monetarily, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have any control of him because he's been stolen from him and sold to another country, or something of that nature and he gives up hope of ever getting him back the status of slave goes away so Michael this gets back to the whole thing about Herod you said how could they still be slaves if uh, the, you know, the masters all died away so that depends does the a- absence of an owner make the person stopping a slave or because it's a personal status issue you always need a star shikhr to change the person's personal status so Shmuel says it's all a function of ownership and when ownership stops they stop being a slave so according to Shmuel it's possible the slaves were sent there and still there's no concern of slaves there because they stop being slaves okay um, 
By the way, though, that's pretty powerful because, um, I mean, I guess on one hand it's not such a big Kiddush, but it gets to this, again, question that we've been asking about how much is the concern of Yuchsin a halachic concern or just this concern about, like, you know, pure blood? So if you think about it, even though it's true that technically they're no longer slaves, right, but they're so all freed slaves, you would think that a general concern about Yuchsin would be, oh, well, better to marry somebody who was, like, born a Jew than somebody who was a slave and then just freed, especially all those negative comments that Gemara has about slaves about the character of slaves, right? But here basically says, no, no problem. Halakhically, they've been freed. They're Jewish. No difference in terms of issues of yichus, right? So given all of the negative comments the Gemara makes about slaves, right, that's a pretty powerful idea about, again, how much do we narrow the concern of yuchs into only be technical halakhic concerns, or is it this broader sense of, like, you know, good, you know, good genes and good, you know, and good descent and so on? Well, will the opposing say that even if you... In other words, let's say it could be one of two things: or you know, or but you still have to mafkir your evet, or you know what I'm saying? Like in the Herod case, no one was mafkir anyone. Right. Well, the Gemara is also assuming that if you're miyayish or the master stop existing, that's like mafkir avda. You don't have a monetary ownership. Yes. We were all slaves in this trial. Right, well, that's true. I mean, yes, that's similar to the comment of who knows what the heck our yichus is. Yeah. But, you know, if you think about the first Mishnah, right, Avadim Shukharim are lower down on the list. So, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I would imagine that every, the opinions here that are concerned about yichus would rather marry somebody who was born, uh, you know, who was descended from Jewish families and somebody that had been a slave and freed, right? Mm-hmm. Although, halachically, there's no difference for Yisrael to marry either. But that's this question about is this concern of yichus and just a halachic concern or not. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Um, where were we? I'm a Rav Yudam Shmuel. Zudi Rav Meir. This idea is, 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 is that there are like, you know, different lands, Eretz Yisrael, Bavel, and so on. That's all the position of Rabbi Meir. Um, um, excuse me, no, Rashi says it. Yeah, right, exactly. That, that, that the, the, the sense that Bavel is the best because all the psulim were taken out, other countries are less good. That's all a Rebbe Mayer position. So here's another statement, a pushback against everything we've dealt with, right? Except, you know, making it just a purely halachic debate, which is like, give me a break. Everybody has a cheskas kashras, right? What do I have to do? Start to ha- Why do you think you have to start applying all these different attitudes towards yuchsin as you apply to anything else? Every Jew's got a cheskas kashras end of story, right? So, uh, you know, again, all of these different ways in which the Gemara is pushing back against this concern of yuchsin. All right. So Amemar permitted Rav Huna Barnasan to marry a woman from Chuzyasa. So, uh, which apparently is someplace in Chutzaret. Uh, Does it say where it is? Right, it's outside of Bavel. It's Chutzaret and not Bavel. Amalei Ravashi, so Ravashi said, Ma daitach, what makes you think you can do that? All the lands are okay. That wasn't the teaching of the house of Rav Kahana. They didn't say it was a debate of Chachamim and Rebbe Meir. They said it was a consensus that we have these problems. And the house of Rav didn't teach that this was a debate. And the house of Rav Ziv didn't teach it was a debate. So now he's like, Divina Morayim claiming how much is this attitude towards Yuchsin, you know, unanimous? Or how much is it a Das Yochid? Right? You know, imagine taking the whole concern and saying, yeah, that's a Das Yochid. We don't ask it that way. So it's like, well, okay, you know, but all these other Amorim did not say that. So, as Gemara says, Nevertheless, he did not accept that this was 
that this was, you know, to reject this approach, meaning he embraced this approach that this was only a Rebbe Meir position, not a Chachamim position. Um, he heard it from Ravzid, a different Ravzid, not the Ravzid we quoted before, but Ravzid from Narda that said that this whole attitude towards Yochsin is only Rebbe Meir. By the way, one now wonders, is this consistent with the general position of Rebbe Meir, who's Chayish Wimiyuta? Mm. Rebbe Meir in general is concerned for a small percentage of problemat- things that are problematic. So how much is the, because ad- yes, because you know, the question is that you, once you get to Yuchsin, it's like, oh, we're super concerned about Yuchsin, we have to make sure we don't just go by Chazaka, right? So the Gemara is saying, well, maybe that's just Rebbe Meir who's concerned with, like, tiny possibilities. But the general approach is, of course, we would treat it like anything else, go by Chazaka. At least that's one version, okay, but other versions deny that that's part of that debate. It's also interesting to note that this is Rabbi Yudam Shmuel who is saying that. And if you think about what we've been learning the last two days, it's always been Rabbi Yudam Shmuel that has been raising all of the problems with Yuchsin, right? Teaching this place is a problem and this place is a problem it was Rabbi Yehuda that got into that whole fight about that and announced about people that were you know that were not miyuchas so like which way are we going here right in terms of this so I don't know what to say alright so maybe that was the question maybe when it says Lomas Nihachi which is that uh, you know that there was debates whether Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Shmuel actually said it meaning it's not Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel versus Rav Kahana or versus you know Rav Zid maybe there was debates whether this really was the teaching of Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel and you could understand why there would be resistance because until now everything in the name of Rabbi Yudam HaShmur was very much reinforcing these attitudes towards Yuchsin yes he, Charlie he the and then he's just saying yeah 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 but we're just talking in theory and so we go like the Chachamim I mean Rabbi Yudam himself went up and made some announcements and the whole type of thing yeah Charlie there are a lot of different uh, generations of Orion in these yeah, you mean about the Lomas Nihachi yeah yeah I think all of them, though, are later than than Rav Yehuda, right? Rav Kahana, Rav Papa, Rosvid. Uh, yes. I think those are all later than Rav Yehuda. So it could be a question about whether they teach this, whether they claim, whether you know, whether Rav Yehuda Mishmuel really said this. Okay, Tanu Rabbanan, a rabbi taught Mamzeri Vinisini. So Reb Yossi says, in the future will become tahor, will become purified. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. What? So, uh, yeah, so let's take a look. Hold on. Um, well, we'll see. Okay. Well, well, let's take a look. Rabbi Meir Omer ain't a horrid. No, they're going to retain their status. I'm a little Rabbi Yossi, Velok Farnemar, Fizaraki Alechemain Torim, Vitiartem. Utartem, I'm going to purify you. So if I'm going to purify you in the future from your sins, I will remove all of these, you know, stigmas of of Yuchsin from you. So it's interesting, right? You have the image about Eliyahu Navi, who's going to come, right? And going to, like, you know, Heishiv Levavot Abanim. And is that going to mean a good thing or a bad thing? Is he going to identify problematic Yuchsin? Say, who's whose son or is he going to actually pull everybody in right was a little bit of a question of what Elio was going to do right and remember before we actually had God remember the discussion about God is Yoshev Mitzarefu Mitzahir right so is God going to identify all the psulim that was one version earlier you know God and Elio are going to identify the psulim in the future time because then we'll know everything and the other version is no they're actually going to embrace everybody in the future time and God is going to purify everybody and remove the stigma of being psulim and now by the way also note it's Rebbe Yossi versus Rebbe Meir. We just were trying to claim before that it was only Rebbe Meir who has this problem of Yuchsin. All right? So that's what Rebbe Yossi says. 
from all of your impurities, all of your uh, stench or whatever, or, you know, um, I sure. More like idolatry. Yeah, well, Gilulim is often right with idolatry, but uh, um, I, 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 I know it's normally like, a, yeah, I think technically, I think literally Gilulim more. How does it translate the word Gilulechem? Idols, okay. Uh, I, I, what? Defilement. Defilement. I think Ovde Gilulim, it was, it was basically, it, it means I actually think like excrement or defilement, but it's often used as a way of referring to idolatry. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Anyway, so that's what I'll purify you from. From your sins, from your tumor. Not issues of personal well, status. Well, there comes to a sin. True. I'm a little rebiosi, so, but not Nesinim. Nesinim isn't through a sin. Not from personal status issues. I'm a little rebiosi. Kishomer but then it says, I, again, I will purify you. Even from being a mamzer. And that's what it says that, you know, they sort of he settled, you know, these mamzerim in Ashdod, which means that they were like separated out the mamzerim so that they sh- um, should know. Okay, that. Um, so I think the point is that this is later, right? In the future? Yeah, Vyashav. Oh, okay. Vyashav mamzer. Okay. So in the future, they'll be settled in Ashdod. Thank you. The base will dwell in security, the Arahon, in their lands, that they in the past had been like strangers. So they used to be like the Mamzer, like the rejected person, the stranger, the marginalized, the person pushed out. And they will, once again, they will now settle, you know, in their own land as that, you know, without that status attaching to them. <laughs> well, I also think there's a powerful message about, you know, comparing the sense about, you know, we know, like, it's sort of like, it's sort of like the Gemara, like the Pusuk by the Ger, right? Like, if we think that our own status is that, like a Mamzer, we've been rejected from our land, you know, we've been exiled where, you know, and so on, and that ultimately that gets restored in the future time, so that same is going to be true about the actual Mamzer. Yes, Charlie. Yeah, the context of uh, Heskel here is this is after the return of all the exiles, which presumably messianic times. Right, so, so that was the point. That yeah, in messianic times, right, one, the one opinion was they'll still be Mamzerim, and the other is no. The whole point is that you used to be like Mamzerim, and you won't be anymore. Right? Um, okay. Uh, okay. I'm a review to Shmuel. Halachic Reb Yossi. We will like Reb Yossi. Again, notice it's I'm a review to Shmuel. So first Reb Yudam Shmuel says that, that this, we had a review to Shmuel saying that the Chachamim disagreed with Reb Yimeir. We don't pask in anything about this, you know, Yuchsin, and now we have a statement saying, I don't know how you can pop in something about La'asid Lavo, but it's part of a package, okay? We're not really worried about it so much now, it's all going to be fixed up in the future, alright? I love it when the Gemara, you know, I mean, like, this happens sometimes, like, the Mishnah lays out a very clear way of looking at things, right? And then the Gemara, over many dapim here, in five different ways, has undermined this, undermined practically, how can we really treat this whole issue of Yuchsin? We don't know who anybody is, we don't know even who we are, 
you don't ask you don't tell in the future it'll all be cleaned up and anyway we don't even pass in this right so uh, so many different ways in the Gemara basically can create a very different type of an approach to this issue and they, are they also implying that in, in the days of the Messiah there will no longer be Mamzerim because people will all be following in the right probably way. no longer new Mamzerim but right. first we have to get rid of the old ones right. okay Amar Rav Yosef he loved Amar Rav Yudam Shmuel Rav um, if it were not the Rav Yudam said in the name of Shmuel that we pass in like Rav then Eliyahu would have come and would have extracted from us like major, major groups of people. You know, he would have basically expelled them from, identified all the psulim and expelled them and so on. Now this, I, I love this Gemara because it's basically saying, and that's the first of the word, Allah Yosi. It's like, it's sort of like, not exactly, but it's like, goes we're going to pask in this way and that's going to therefore bind God's hand and mean since we pask in like Yosi, right, Eliyahu therefore now, what, what the plan initially was that Elio, right, you know, again, that's how you read the Pasuk of Heshev Levavos Obanim. They're like in the Gemara before, by Kachadis Initially, the plan was that they, all the, you know, Psulim would be identified and rejected. But we now have reread the Pasuk and we've passed in like Rebiosi, and now God and Elio are going to do something very different. Yes. Yeah, this is an even more extreme example of Lobashamayim He, because it's, it's, it's not about Halacha. It's, well, it's not, and it's binding for the future not to exactly the but that might be like the, auda- like the, the audacity of using the phrase halacha about a question yeah. about right yeah exactly okay Tanu Abanan Ger no se mamzeres Yosi a ger can marry a now we get to halacha Okay, now that we dealt with all those issues about Mamzeira, about Yuchsin, and basically in five different ways, so we don't really have to worry about Yuchsin, now let's talk about people whose identity is known and what the halachas are that applies to them. Okay? Can a ger marry a Mamzer? Or, you know, so we've already had discussed that. So here, Rabbi Yossi says a ger can marry a Mamzer. The child is still a Mamzer, but it's mutter for a ger to marry a Mamzer. Rabbi Yudomir ger lo yisa Mamzer. It's forbidden. Okay? So when it says lo yavo Mamzer bikal Hashem, does that... Is, is that included is our gayrim included in that? But everybody agrees that a ger or a freed slave or a halal can marry the daughter of a Kohen. I mean, a Kohen cannot marry a halala, okay, and a, but a, but a, or, or, or a giyoret, but, the, but if, the, if, if that status applies to the man, if the man is a ger or the man is a halal, he can marry a, a bas Kohen. Okay, so first let's look at the first debate about whether a ger can marry a mamzer. My time is Rebiosi. Why does Rebiosi say a ger can marry a mamzer? It says the word kahal five times. If you look at Rashi, it says, it says all the times it says who people can't marry in. Lo yavo mamzer bikal Hashem, lo yavo lo bikal Hashem, lo yavo maniyamovi bikal Hashem, lo yavo lahem bikal Hashem, doshi shi yavo lahem bikal Hashem, etc. So it says kahal, kahal, kahal by mamzer and mitri and adomi and so on. Okay? So, what do you learn from each kahal? So, who, who constitutes the kahal Hashem that these people cannot intermarry? So he says, chad lekohanim, so Kahal Hashem would you have limited that to the most inner circle so one would have just one I would have said it's Kohanim another one that even includes Levim Chad another one includes Israelim V'chad 
Mitri Mamzer Bishtuki. The Chag Mitri Shtuki be Yisrael. Now, a Mamzer can marry Loyavo Mamzer Bikal Hashem. How do you know a Mamzer? Can a Mamzer marry a Suffolk Mamzer? So the answer is yes. Kahal Hashem means Kahal Vadai, the local Safek. Okay? So when it says a Mamzer can't marry Kahal Hashem, but he could marry somebody who is a doubtful, you know, who has a question about them. So he can marry a Shtuki. And Vachazamish Shtuki Misrael. Now, if that's true, though, you might have said that, okay, but how about a Suffolk? Can a Suffolk Mamzer marry a Yisrael? You got this? Should I draw this? All these five Kahalim are going on is that one Mamzer. Well, we don't. But you're right. Okay, so you have Torain, Levi, Yisrael. Right? And then we also had by, you know, I mean, in the other list, we had Ger, Meshuchra, or whatever. I mean, that was a whole list. But anyway, we're just going to go straight to Mamzer. Okay, you've got Mamzer, and you've got, um, well, let's put it here. You've got Stuki, which is Suffolk Mamzer. And then you have Mamzer. Okay, right? All right. So, Lo Yavo Mamzer, these three are the first three. Lo Yavo Mamzer Bikal Hashem. Okay? Now, but, how about, can a Mamzer marry a Stuki? Yes. Because that's not the same Kal Hashem, because he's possibly a Mamzer. Okay? So that's okay. Kal Hashem is only Kal Vadai. Okay? So you might have said that he can't. Maybe he, he might be included. So Kal Hashem is more like, it's funny, I guess like Kal Hashem is more like li- limiting rather than expanding. Okay? Only Kal Vadai and not Kal Safek. So this is okay. Okay? So this is okay. Okay, now, how about can a Shtuki marry here? Okay, the answer is yes. Why? So that's really not learned from Kahal Hashem. That's really learned from only a Mamzer Vadai, right? Well, basically, it's Lo Yavo Mamzer Bikal Hashem. We basically say this means Mamzer is Mamzer Vadai. So if somebody is a Mamzer Suffolk, they can marry in. Now, you might say, one minute, Rabbi, in the, in the Mishnah, we learn in the Mishnah that a Yisrael maybe Yisrael cannot marry a Shtuki, right? I mean, people, a lot of people are familiar with the Drush, a Mamzer Vadayam Rahman, of a low Mamzer Suffolk, right? But the Mishnah says, what, so what's the problem then with a Shtuki in the Mishnah? So that's only Midorabanan, okay? And we'll get to that. Midoraisa, actually, you can marry a Suffolk Mamzer, okay? Uh, so, so Mamzer, we say, means Mamzer Vadai, which means a Shtuki can Midoraisa. And Bikal Hashem, we say means kahal vadai. So, if it's a kahal vadai, a mamzer can marry a shtuki. Okay? So, basically, so the first three are to say it applies to calling Levi Yisrael, and somehow the next two, although one of them is really about mamzer, is to tell you a, ma- a suffolk mamzer can marry into calling Levi Yisrael, and a mamzer can marry a suffolk mamzer. Okay? So that's that. Kalgarim lo so Gerim were never referred to. So Kahal Gerim lo Kahal. So Gerim were never included in the word Kahal. So therefore Gerim are mutter with a mamzer because they were never identified as the Kahal that a mamzer can't marry into. That's what Rabbi Yosi says. Rabbi Yehuda says. Kohanim Levi Kahal Nafki. No, Kohanim Levi is one Kahal. They're all one Shevet. Yazulei so I get an extra Kahal. So what do I do with the extra Kahal? Yazulei Likal Gerim to tell me that Gerim are also considered Kahal. And since they're also considered Kahal, a mom that can't marry a Ger. 
Okay, the Ebay famine, if you want to say, Hachanami Trekali Ninu, okay, fine, Koin and Levi are two Kahalim. Mamze Bishtuki, Bishtuki of Israel, Michad Kal Nasta. But Mamze Bishtuki and Stuki of Israel, as I've already showed you, this really only uses one Kahal, meaning one uses Mamze and one uses Kahal. It doesn't use like two Kahals, it really only uses one Kahal. Okay, Lo Yavo Mamzer Bikal Hashem, Mamzer Vadai Hudelo Yavo, only a definite Mamzer, Hamamzer Safik Yavo. A Stuki can marry Midoraisa into Koin Levi Israel. Bikal Vadai Hudelo Yavoni, and a Mamzer can only not marry into a Kal Vadai. Habikal Safik Yavo. To marry a So really, you learn this all from one pasuk and one kahal. So you have three kahal in here. One pasuk to sort of tell me Stuki can marry can marry Cohen Levi Israel and Mamza can marry Stuki, and you have an extra kahal. So the extra kahal says Ger is also part of kahal, and a Mamza cannot marry a Ger. Okay, Ebay same. If you want, I'll say Haninami Trey Kahal Ninhu. You know what? No, you need a two kahalim also to tell me that to tell me Stuki for a Mamzer and Stuki for Israel. The time is. Yehuda, so then where does Rabbi Yehuda learn that a mamzer can't marry a ger? hagar. It says, the kahal. One law for you and for the ger. So there you go. So you have a ger as part of the kahal. So that's how you know that that's included in Kahal Hashem. Rebiosi, what was Rebiosi say back? Let's say that's not part of Kahal. Chuka achat hisika inyan. It says hakahal, then then chuka achat lachem belager. It's one law for you in the ger, but it doesn't mean it's one Kahal. Okay. Um, so that's the debate of whether a ger can marry a mamzer. We possibly a ger can marry a mamzer. The kid is still a mamzer, but anyway, but at least the, the kiddushin is permissible. Now echad ger echad evad mishuchar vechalal mutarim bekohenes. Now, the, the Isser is for a Kohen to marry certain types of women, as we learned from last week's Parsha. There's no Isser for certain types of men to marry a Bat Kohen. The Torah never restricts that, right? So the same way these men can marry a Yisraelite, they can marry a Kohenet. The whole Isser is on the male Kohen. So, Misayeyele Rav, this supports Rav, the Amar Yud Amar Rav, so he's Kosher women were not forbidden to marry to um, um, puzzle men. Right? The whole problem is for male Kohanim to marry w- women that have different statuses. But a woman never has a problem about marrying certain men. Why would we not want to say any of this? In other words, you know, just make it make it everything has been so patriarchal. But, you know, if you're worried about lineage. But you're not I mean, worried about it. It's only a halach about male kohanim. Right? I mean, Yisraeli no, man butcher to marry. Okay, that's a separate cheshbon about going to that whole concern of Yuxin, but there's no Isser involved. Right now we have completely dropped that whole issue about lineage as a value in a set. Who's a root? Right. This is, we're back into a straight halacha. That's exactly the point. The whole previous discussion on the three dapim was this heightened attitude towards Yuxin, which at the end of the day we more or less completely sort of, you know, neutralized and rejected. Now we're just back to straight halacha. What type of person can you or can't you marry halachically? Okay? got up and Explicated in Mechuzah, Ger Mutabim Mamzeres. A Ger can marry Mamzeres, like we taught, according to Rabbi Ragnu Kulei Alma Besrogayu. Everybody's throwing, I mean, it's so it's funny. Like, it's, it's like, like this Sukkot. It's like, yeah, where, where was it? He, he said it on Sukkot, I guess. They all stoned him with the Esrogan. Okay? So why were they stoning him? So Rashi says, so Rashi says, it was, uh, where was it? Um, 
Where's one man Ali? Where's Rashi? The Gmukuleyama, three lines before the lines get wide, or four lines. Sayusham Gerim Harbei, the Hukshalem Shamar Kal Gerim Lo Ikli Kahal. It wasn't that they actually were bothered with the halacha. Okay, you're telling us it's mutter. Why should we be offended that something is mutter? No, but what you're telling us is you don't identify us as part of the primary kahal, right? So that's very problematic in terms of the in terms of the uh, you know uh, in terms of the drusha, not in terms of the halacha. So okay, so they stoned him. Uh, where were we? Uh, uh, I lost a line. Um, uh, who is the idiot? He didn't say idiot. Who, who, what type of a person would, would go and make this announcement in a place where there are a lot of gay women? Okay, you gotta know your audience. Okay, now, Darish Rava the Mechuzah, so now Rava, who also was in Mechuzah, and apparently same Mechuzah, and he was a little bit more sensitive to his audience, so he got up and he said, Ger Mutter Bekohenes. A Ger can marry a Kohenis, which is okay. It's not about not being Bikal Hashem. It's not, there's no, no sense of exclusion in any terms of identity, and it's just saying things are mutter. So great, wonderful. Tanu Bishirai. So they all sort of, you know, bedecked him with like a silk garment. They were thrilled to hear of that. Okay. Then he said a gear is permissible with a Mamzeris, which is exactly what Ravzera said and got him Ravzera in trouble and that Rava was critical of. So Amulei, Avtadisa Lekamaisa. You basically have wasted your first teaching. Like, you know, first you said this thing we liked and now you basically have, you know, this next thing you taught you know, makes it worse. Right? So Amulei, no, to tell the Chav do the So no, what are you talking about? I'm saying something that's good for you. It's just, just focus on the halacha. Don't worry about the drasha. You can go up or you can go down. You can marry a Kohenis. You can marry a Mamzeres. So the point is, what Rav apparently was saying is not that you can't teach it, but you have to be smart about how you teach it. Okay, you start by telling them you can marry a Kohenis. If I got nothing against Gerim, right? Even the most miyuchus woman, a Kohenis, can marry a Gerim. I'm all for Gerim, okay? Oh, but by the way, there's another Okay, you're offended because that's saying that? No, I'm just telling you it's totally, you know, I'm giving you a wide range of opportunities. So it's not about what you say, it's how you package it, okay? So, the Hil Chazan, the Lacha is, Ger Mutzipa Kohenes, Mutzipa Mamzeres, it's both are permissible. Mutzipa Kohenes, there's no restriction on women, the restriction of Kohanim is about men. Mutzipa Mamzeres, to Reb Yossi, that like Reb Yossi, and that's the actual Halacha Lamasa, okay?